Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. series entitled Closer. And, and, and if, you, if, you, if you've been with us long enough, we just wrapped up a series on prayer. And, and as the shepherd of this house, God has assigned me, given me a, a very important assignment. And that assignment is to kind of help grow you all into becoming mature Christians. Amen. And, and so, so I wanted to, 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 to take us through this little walk and kind of open up some things in your spirit regarding the, the subject of prayer. And I think that was a great 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 uh series now we're going to wor- walk into what it means to worship okay that's what closer is about so these next four weeks we're going to go deep and talk about what god wants from us in our worship uh i'm telling you right now this 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 is a moment where you got to hold on to your seat i'm going to stretch you all like you've never been stretched before let me pray and then i'm gonna jump into this word eternal and gracious father in heaven hallowed be thy name and god today may your name remain holy God, we pray that you just bless this place from the center to circumference, God. Bless me, God, as I prepare to share the message that you have prepared for me to share with your people. I pray, God, that the words that I share bypass the ears of the listener and rest solely upon their hearts. God, we don't want to leave. We don't want to leave the same way we came. We want to leave better, God. We understand that it's okay to come as you are, but to leave different is the goal. And so, God, I pray that you just penetrate the hearts of everybody here. I don't care how holy you are. Let you leave this place even holier than you came. Oh, God, I give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. I decrease such that you may increase in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, I feel like preaching already. When we think about worship, there are so many thoughts and ideas that come to mind. You know, at Mosaic Church, we like to call ourselves not even a, 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 a non-denominational church. We're more of an interdenominational church. I say that only because people come from so many different backgrounds, and, 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 and each of you come with different kinds of histories and different types of tradition. And, and even though you may want to get past that tradition, by your natural instinct, some of that transfers over into this place called Mosaic Church. And we embrace all of it. Our main concern is, one, we ask you, do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Do you believe he came and died for you? Yes. Do you believe he rose again on the third day? Yes. Amen. You're a Christian. I don't care how you've been baptized before. We'll work through that. I don't care uh, uh, if you speak in tongues right now or not. We'll work on that. I, I, I don't care what your tradition has been. We embrace it all. The key thing is that you love Jesus and you believe those important tenets of our faith as Christians. But what you bring along with that is your style of worship. 
uh, I, I, when I was growing up, now I didn't grow up in the church, but every now and again I went to different churches with different friends, and, and depending on the church, uh, they had different traditions. I've gone from everywhere to the, from the Baptist church, to the Catholic church, to the Holiness church, and then I found this one kind of church called the Kojic church. And I was like, all these churches I've been to, these Kojic people, man, they, these are some bad musicians. They can sing and they shout. And, and it was like the preacher never got up when I would go to a Kojic church. I mean, and if the preacher did get up, he would be singing with them. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's a different style of worship. And then if you come from uh, uh, the seeker-friendly church, uh, depending on which one you come from, uh, there is the CCM what we call contemporary Christian music, which we incorporate in our worship here. But here's what I want to tell you. All of these little things that we do, these little nuances, even the songs we sing, that's not worship. It's not. Lifting our voice, lifting our hands, that's not worship. My brothers and sisters, I will say this, those are elements and parts of worship, but in essence, that's not the embodiment of what worship is. Worship begins with our heart. It's, it's the heart that is the worship. God desires our heart. It's, it's really, it's, it's okay to lift our hands. It's, it's okay to lift our voice. And, and he says, make a joy, the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Yes, 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 he desires those things. But if all of those things are void of him having your heart, it's just show. I'm not preaching yet, I'm still talking. What is worship? Worship is our response to what we value. It's our response to what we value most, and it should be God. Worship is an external expression of an internal encounter. We all worship something. We all do. We can all sit in this place and say, oh, I worship the Lord. And, 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 and like I said, if your heart is detached from all of your hands and your voice rising, then, then that, I, w- I would question if that's worship. We all worship something. Some of us worship <laughs> our favorite sports teams. Uh, some of us uh, worship our, our, our Greek letter organization that we may be associated with. Uh, so watch this. Some of us even worship our spouse. We worship our job. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. We worship the title that we have at our job. Uh, we worship the neighborhood that we live in because the job that we have has given us the income to afford to live in said neighborhood. And I worship the fact that I live in this area of town. We worship the schools that our kids go to because we're worshiping affluence. Many of us worship so many things. We all worship something but but what we need to focus on is all of those things that we worship are many gods and if we worship all of these things and are not worshiping the one and true god then we're worshiping in vain romans 1 tells us this romans 1 21 through 23 watch this yes they knew god but they wouldn't worship him as god or even give him thanks And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols 
made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Some of those idols in our world today, my brothers and sisters, are money, possessions, jobs. I'm about to, I'm about to hurt somebody right here. Yourself, your favorite sport or sports team. We worship a lot of many gods, but God is saying right now, I need you to focus all of your attention on me. God doesn't mind for us to enjoy our favorite sports teams. God doesn't mind for us to enjoy the pleasures that money can buy. God doesn't mind you having money. God doesn't mind your title because I guarantee the title that you have at your job, you prayed before you interviewed for that position. And I firmly believe that God gave you the increase. He doesn't mind those things, but his challenge is when those things become your God, not him being the God in your life. When we rely more on our status, when we rely on our money, when we look at our bank account more than we look at our Bible, God is like, listen, I took care of you before and I will do it again, so just worship me. Because every time you click on Bank of America or Fidelity Bank or Wachovia or Wells Fargo, whatever their name is nowadays, you are turning to the Bible of Wachovia, Wells Fargo, Bank of America. And God said, open up my Bible and worship me. Listen, the Bible tells us clearly, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own problems. But if you open your Bible and read it today, God will already solve your problems. If you just make it to tomorrow, God says, I'm already there. So stop worshiping the bank and worship me. I need all of you, not some of you. And this is what he's saying. And stop, stop, stop creating these little mini gods and focus on the one true God. I want to talk to you all about some things that restrict our worship. Some of the things that restrict our worship, and this is not in your notes, but if you want to jot it down, you can. It's pride. One is one. One of them is pride. Pride restricts our worship pride restricts our worship i don't i don't want to lift my hands because certain traditions if I, if I you know you know if i come from a catholic tradition we didn't we didn't do a whole lot of worship and now i knew the latino mass was a lot different I knew, at least up in new york it was different than the regular mass like when you went to regular mass it was and that was it. And then you sit down and you pray and you stand up. Somebody's praying for you. And the Spanish math, they had guitars and they were singing and they were going, going on. So when you come in this context and, 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 and the worship leader saying, lift your hands, oh God, give God the praise and all of this stuff. You're like, we, we don't do that. I was talking with a sister one day. Uh, she goes to a different church than ours. And uh, we were talking and uh, she was talking about one of my friends who preached in their service. And, and the church is predominantly Anglo. Uh, that means white, and, uh, and, and, and he is uh, predominantly African-American. That means black. Okay, just so y'all follow me. And, and, and he was saying to her, because he preached, he said, he, he said, I gave it my all. I mean, I mean, I preached until my socks came off. I mean, I preached till I didn't have anything left. I preached to the point where I was exhausted, and I didn't hear not one hallelujah or amen. And she said, well, it's in our tradition where we've been taught growing up not to disturb the person that is speaking he's like oh that's not a disturbance from my culture that's just you you're agreeing with what i'm saying when you talk back to me i understand that you're paying attention and and so traditions and pride pre prevents us from giving god our pure and authentic worship 
Because I guarantee, because I know this guy's an excellent preacher. He's a phenomenal preacher. I guarantee somebody in there was like, whoa, that was good, but I'm not going to do it because nobody else is doing it. My pride is getting the best of me. My pride won't let me raise my hand. Oh, God forbid the song that, God forbid that, that my brother gets up here and start doing some hymnals because some of y'all come from that type of uh, background where you're used to hymnals and he gets to playing a hymnal and it comes on and you be like, oh, I remember that song, but ain't nobody else lifted their hand, so I'm too proud. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to lift a finger. Ooh, that's my jam. Ooh, hallelujah, we cannot allow our pride to get in the way of God, exper- experiencing God in a wonderful and radical way. I was telling somebody the other day, you want to see radical, you want to see radical results, you have to do radical change. You want to see radical results, you, want, you have to have radical change. You want God to show up supernaturally and radical in your life, you need to worship him radically. Don't care who looking. Watch this. I, y- y'all see me sometime, I'll be all over this place with my hands up screaming and crying. There's not a moment I'm not crying. And y'all know why? Because I can't afford not to give God my greatest praise. He literally, I stood death in the face too many times. I'm not making this up. People say, well, I stood death in the face because I almost choked on a noun later. No, no, no. I mean, literally, man. I've literally stood death in the face several times. I should have been dead. I've been robbed at arm. I've been robbed with a gun. Being a knucklehead, I've sat on the back of cars driving 35 miles per hour, and I was the stupid one that let go. You know what I'm talking about? Sitting outside of the car on the trunk, they're driving 35, like, oh, let go. I'm going to see what I can do. Been in a car accident. My mouth right now, I speak crooked for a reason. Because I was in an accident where I was drinking a glass bottle. And the, 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 the car hit the pole. The pole split the car. The, the, the bottle literally pushed my teeth to the back of my mouth. I've witnessed death in my own home, been molested twice by two different people. I've faced real death in my life. And for some strange reason, for some crazy out of this world reason, God was like, Broderick, I'm saving you because I've got purpose for you, baby boy. You, there's some purpose in you. Listen, that, that's all going to make you stronger. You're going to be able to tell people how I literally allow death's angel to go past your door, even though you never, ever called out to me. If you know my testimony, you know I didn't believe in God at one time. This ain't about me, though, y'all. I can talk about me all day. But I'm telling you because some of y'all got some similar stories. And you're sitting there knowing that God has saved you one million and one times in your life. And you're sitting there and you're like, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why is that person over there? They know they ain't really got the Holy Ghost. And you're not letting God have what he deserves, which is pure, authentic worship from your heart. I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking to your neighbor. John 12, 42, 43 says this. Many people did believe in him, however, including some of the Jewish leaders. But they wouldn't, watch this, admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. How many of y'all get your little jobs? Are you Christian? Or they start talking about Christians in your presence. You'd be like, oh, that's a, that's a shame. Them Christians. 
you're ashamed of who God made you. You won't worship him. You're ashamed of, of, of being associated with you. Listen, ain't, there's no such thing as a perfect religion in, in this world. None. We all, as long as we are flawed people that are part of that religion, that religion is going to have its own flaws. We mess it up. It's not God that messes it up. It's us. We're flawed people. So anytime you're, listen, it, you can look at Mosaic Church. There's flaws at Mosaic Church. Why? Because Mosaic Church is full of flawed people. But that's the way it's supposed to be. Healthy people don't go to the hospital. Sick people do. Holy Christians come here, but, but it's the sick Christians that need to be here. Amen? Those are the people that need Jesus. All right, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off subject a little bit. Things that restrict us. Pride. Watch this one. This is a word you may or may not be familiar with. Hedonism. Hedonism. Whoa, 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 what, what is that word? What is that word? Here's the, here's the definition. Okay? Here's the definition of hedonism. It's devotion to pleasure or happiness as a way of life. Uh, the belief that happiness or pleasure is the highest good. In other words, it's operating on feelings. Uh, I've had a bad day. Me, me, me and my wife, me and my husband, we got into it this morning. I don't feel like praising, so I'm not. Them kids is running all amok. I ain't praising this morning. I'm too upset to give God my highest praise. He understand because he gave them to me. That's hedonism. We respond to God based upon our feelings. We respond to God based upon if I feel like it or not. And God says, whether you feel like it or not, I gave you life today whether I wanted to or not. Why can't you give me the praise? Whether you wanted to or not, whether I wanted to or not, I fed your behind this morning. Whether I wanted to or not, I provided shelter for you. Whether I wanted to or not, I saved your behind from death. Whether I wanted to or not, I've done for you. Why can't you worship me? I feel a little bit of Baptist preacher coming up in me in a minute. I might find a hoop this morning. I don't know. Listen to me. Hedonism gets in the way of our worship. Hedonism. If I feel like it, I will do it. Psalms 100, 1 and 2 says this. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. And then I'm going to add this because I think this should have been in there. Whether you feel like it or not. God is saying, I could care less about your feelings. Give me your heart, please. I created you from nothing. I've designed the plans for your life and they are for good. The least you could do is give me your heart for a little bit. I would love it if you do it more than just Sunday, but listen, I will settle for Sunday now, and that's a good starting point for us. But please, oh please, my son, please, oh please, my daughter, give me your heart, whether you feel like it or not. Don't base your feelings on my needs. This is God saying this. Whether you feel like it or not, Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise. I love that. Why didn't he just say in Hebrews, therefore, let us offer through Jesus praise. 
He said, let us offer a continual what? Sacrifice of praise. He's telling us right there, sometime we're going to have to get outside of ourselves. How, what, what do the young people say? They be feeling some type of way. Sometimes you got to get past feeling some type of way and go on ahead and give God the greatest praise, the greatest shout. Sometimes you got to get ugly before God. You, sometimes you don't got you, you to pretend it's just you and him in a room and just get crazy. Y'all remember the story of King David who got like naked? And praise to God, he didn't care. This was a distinguished man in front of his servants, in front of other people. He was the doggone king of the land, and he praised himself out of his clothes, and he didn't care. We need to get that kind of radical with our praise. And my brothers and sisters, yes, in order to get that way, it is sacrificial. If I can be transparent for like a half a second here, I started this day not in the best mood ever. My head is killing me right now as I speak. I'm not feeling completely 100% myself this morning. I took me a little walk to get some tea and a little something to eat. I, I'm so messed up this morning, I forgot to eat. That's not like me. And I, I didn't feel a certain type of way, but I just, as I was walking, I began to pray in tongues and pray to God in a language that only he could understand and interpret. And I began to speak to him. And I says, God, not my will, but your will be done. It ain't about how I feel this morning. It's about giving you the praise. And I stood up here and I began to think about how he saved my life and how he called me for a time such as this. And they began to sing. And, and all he had to say was, God, you are good. And I says, yes, he is a good, good father. And my whole thing changed by acknowledging the fact that he is indeed good. He is good for me and he is good for you. Don't matter how I feel, but it matters what he needs, and he needs our heart and our worship. All right, here's the other thing that, 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 that prohibits our praise, tradition. Oh, I'm about to step on some toes here. Please forgive me. Don't leave the building. We're going to get somewhere, I promise you. Tradition. As I said earlier, Mosaic Church is an interdenominational church, so people come from different backgrounds and traditions and different denominations and stuff. We got uh, uh, the, the, the Baptist and Methodist and Pentecostal. Some come from a big church and a small church. Some come from all type of churches. We come from places where the preacher lay hands on you and you fall out. We come from all different types of traditions. Some of us come from a tradition where we sang only Hillsong and Jesus cultures, and others come from Kirk Franklin tradition. And if you're really, really holy, you come from the tradition of uh, pass me not old gentle savior we come from all kinds of traditions uh, where we always outline hymns but but what happens is, is when we get into this place where people come from different backgrounds and different traditions uh, it doesn't fit within our tradition and so sometimes we don't worship I ain't never heard that song before pastor what, what, what they said what they said spirit break out Oceans? Since when did God write a song about oceans? I can't sing that, God. That just don't line up with, with amazing grace to me. Many of us come from traditions, and because of our traditions, we're so in love with our traditions. Our traditions have become our idols. They've become our little gods. We won't worship in any atmosphere. I've traveled all over this place. I've gone to Haiti, and I couldn't speak Creole at all or French or any of that stuff. And I just knew they were singing, and they were having the time of their life, and they had these drums sitting over there in the corner. Y'all know if I see a drum, I'm going to play it. 
And they had these drums sitting in the corner. I says, how come nobody is playing these drums? And they says, well, those drums were donated to them, but they're considered voodoo drums. And I says, well, today they're going to be holy drums because I'm going to play them along with what they're doing. I don't understand the language. I don't know the words, but I tell you what, I know praise. So give me the drum. You keep on plucking that guitar. I may not be able to sing along with you, but I'm going to let my hands do the singing for me this morning. I don't care where you drop me, I'm going to find a song on my heart and praise in my spirit to give to God. I don't give a dog going about your traditions. I tell my wife all the time, I'm glad I didn't grow up in the church. I'm glad I didn't grow up Christian because I don't have any of these beliefs stuck in my spirit. I came butt naked to God saying, okay, God, here I am. What you got for me? And he took a broken vessel like me. And pottered me and put me back together in such a way that the only tradition I have is Jesus. All I know is Jesus. And how I do it is Broderick's way. It may look a little bit Baptist. It may look a little bit Pentecostal. It may look a little bit even Catholic. But it's Broderick just worshiping God however I feel I need to worship him. And it's pure and authentic because God has my heart in that moment. And I know that when I'm singing and shouting and pointing to him and and just yelling with him, he's like, yeah, give it to me, baby. Come on, give it to me. I hear you, son. I hear you. I feel you, son. I know you, son. I know your story. I know why you're singing that way. I know why you're crying. Cry no more. That is your past. It is forgotten. It's a new day, son. Come on, keep on praising me, son. I hear you. I got you. Oh, let me wrap my arms around you. That's what happens when I'm in the spirit of God and I'm worshiping him oh man see I told you I got a little Baptist in me somewhere whoa oh it's gonna come I'm gonna find that hoop in a minute bro I'm telling you listen those are the restrictions of our praise but now I want to help us what does God really want pastor what does God really want then if it's not just the lifting of hands if it's not just the singing with our voices if it's if it's not all of that i know you said he wants our hearts but but is there anything else beyond that that he wants listen psalms 50 verses 8 through 15 watch this watch this this is david writing this in the prophetic form in other words he's writing it according to how it's as if god is speaking it to you So when you read Psalms 50, David wrote this in the prophetic form, okay? And so so, so it's like God saying this to you. Watch this. He says, I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer, but I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens, for all the animals of the forest are mine. In other words, you're giving me something I already own. Uh And I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it as well. Do I eat the meat of bulls? No. (laughs) So why are you bringing me this? I don't eat the meat of bulls. Do I drink the blood of goats? No. So why are you bringing this stuff to me? Make uh, Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. Watch this. What does it say? What does God want? Watch this. The sacrifice is cool, but I don't need it. I already got that. I don't want that. This is what I want you to do. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Uh, your sacrifice to God is gratitude, my brothers and sisters. And how many of you know you can't be thankful unless you're thankful from your heart? 
I mean, of course, you can say thank you, but not mean it. But really, gratitude, authentic, pure gratitude comes from your heart. And God is saying the same thing here. Make thankfulness, watch this, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Not the cows, not the bulls, not the other stuff, not the falcons, not the hawks. Okay, we're talking sports here. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble. Then call on me when you are in trouble. What does God want? Your first note here is he wants gratitude with sincere affection. God wants gratitude with sincere affection. Watch this. None of us in this room can afford not to praise him. You don't, you don't have to show your hand all the way. Just lift the finger. I'll see it from up here on this stage, on this platform. Watch this. Watch this. No, 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 don't lift it yet. Don't lift it yet. If you don't have a testimony in this room, just lift your finger. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't see a pinky. I don't see the pointer. I don't see the index. I don't see the thumb. I didn't see nothing go up. And here's what I want to say. If you did spiritually raise your finger, just keep on living. You're going to have a testimony. Just keep on living. But everybody in here has a testimony. And you know what a testimony is, right? Uh, it, 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 it's, it's when you've been tested and you can tell the story of how you came through the test successfully. And everybody in here here has a testimony. You've been tested. So why in the world do we just sit down and not give God the praise he deserves? None of us can afford not to give God the praise he is so worthy of. I don't care what your right now looks like. I want you to look at your two years ago and see where you were then compared to your right now. And I guarantee it's much better now than it was two years ago. Some of y'all prayed to be where you're at right now, no matter how bad it is. Oh, I'm going I'm to preach in just a minute. I just want to keep on talking here. Gratitude with sincere affection. I was reading the Bible. Remember I told you how the Bible has become... Like, uh, it's opened up new eyes for me. This wasn't even one of the original scriptures in this, but I had to share this with you all. If, if You don't have to do it because I'm not going to read through it. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it. I'm going to give you an example of somebody who praised God no matter what the environment looked like, no matter who was around, no matter what was going on. And the beauty of it, it's not a parable. It's an actual event that did occur at this time. Uh, if you refer back to the book of Luke, uh, chapter 7, and, and, and in your time, read through verses 36 through 50. I'm just going to tell you this story right now, if you don't mind. What happens is Jesus was invited to a very special dinner with some special people uh, of that time. Uh, you see the air quotes, the Pharisees and such. And all of these people were in this house, and they invited Jesus over, the teacher, for dinner. Now, now, now Jesus went to this dinner with them. Now, 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 and when he was there, uh, a woman came uh, who the Bible says was an immoral woman. Now, now, we don't know what her sin was, but the fact that they say she was immoral, many scholars believes that she was possibly uh, a prostitute uh, or, 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 or someone who committed adultery. We don't know her story. It doesn't go on any further than that. It just tells us that it's an immoral woman who was uninvited uh, that came uh, into this place. And, and Jesus was sitting there, and the Bible says that while he was sitting there, his feet were exposed. Now, now, now you got to understand 
that, that don't look at this situation like, like our current, in our current context. Uh, if they're having dinner, they're not sitting at the glass tabletop with the nice chairs that you got from rooms to go and all of that stuff. No, no, no. They sat down where they were kind of laying down with their arms rested upon a table like this, and their feet were kind of pointed out this way. That's how they ate in those times. So when this woman comes into the house, the first thing she notices, Jesus' feet are dirty. Now, the custom of that time was when you had a special guest over, the very first thing you do was you offer them water, not just to drink, but you offer them a basin of water so that they can clean their feet. Our tradition in America is before you touch the food or go to the refrigerator, wash your what? In that tradition, it was wash your feet first because we know that you've been out there walking, you've been ministering, you've been working, you've been doing something. And, and they didn't have the nice uh, red bottom shoes and the Kenneth Coles and all of that stuff that we have today. They had just these dirty sandals. So when you came to somebody's house and you were there eating dinner, uh, you, you, the first thing they did was offer you, watch this, uh, the basin to clean your feet. They invited Jesus, a distinguished guest, to the house, and they hadn't done that. This woman who was not invited, the immoral woman, first thing she noticed was, wait a minute, his feet are dirty. So she looks for a basin. There is no basin. Uh, she has this very rare and expensive oil in her purse. So she grabs that expensive oil, which was very rare, and begins to pour that on Jesus' feet. Uh, that wasn't enough, so she began to weep because she started praising him for what was going to happen later on. Jesus hadn't blessed her yet. She began to worship him for what was going to happen in the future. So she began to weep and pour the oil, and she didn't have a towel. So she said, I'm just going to undo my hair, which is also bad in those days and I'm just going to take my hair and wipe his feet off with my hair. This woman said I don't care if I'm not invited I don't care if there's, that these are important people. They didn't invite me to this place. I don't care that I don't have the tools necessary according to their custom I'm going to praise God right now. He hasn't even blessed me yet but I know he will Y'all need to read that story because if this was a Pentecostal church, they'd been running and falling and throwing stuff. She didn't care that she was not invited. She didn't care that she didn't have the tools that were required of that time. She didn't care that they had already labeled her immoral. She says, I'm going to praise Jesus. The Bible, I, listen, I read it. It's in two, it, it's two recordings of this. It's in Mark and in Luke. And I read both and I, I did a complete exegetical study of the particular text to try to understand it. And, 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 I, and, and nowhere does it say Anywhere does it say what her sin was. Nowhere does it say uh, 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 that, that, that God had already blessed her. Nowhere does it say she, she went there knowing that she would be blessed. And how many of you today know that with your faith, God will bless you? How many of you here know that he will bless you? Okay, if you don't know that, I want you to think about what happened to you about five years ago. And think about where you are today. And if he did it five years ago, he'll doggone sure do it today. And it may not be happening right now, but go on ahead and praise him because it will happen. It will happen. You have to know that it will happen. And this is why she's praising him. I'm immoral. I'm jacked up. But I'm going to praise him and I'm going to praise him because here's what I know. He is going to make things right. And the story goes on to tell us that. That, you know, they had issue with it. They, they judged him like, oh, man, you can't be that holy. How you, you can't possibly. You know this woman is a prostitute. And you let her touch all upon you with her hair and stuff. You see, that's just trifling. That's just trifling, Jesus. 
just cut that out. Won't, won't call, they won't do that in this house. They're calling him out, and he's like, you know what? Y'all are missing it. Y'all are so stuck in the laws that y'all are missing the grace that has already been extended to each of us. Oh, man, I'm going to preach that a, another time. What does God really want? He wants gratitude with sincere affection, something like what this woman offered him, something like what this woman offered him. Watch this. What's the second thing he wants? He wants us to offer, offer him control over our lives, offer him control over my life. And many of us say that, really. It's easy to say, God is the head of my life. God is in control over everything in my life. It's easy to say that when things are going good. Can I be honest with you? All of us, including me, the pastor. When things are going good, all of us, God has got to, God, you know, many of us say, Jesus, take the wheel. But if he took the wheel, you would panic. Y'all don't know how to live life on God's cruise control. But Jesus, take the wheel. I got it. No, uh, uh, really? You don't really mean take the wheel. It's just a saying for you. The truth of the matter is, some of us are afraid to literally let him take the will. Romans 12, 1 says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and what? Holy sacrifice. The kind that he will find acceptable. There's that word again, sacrifice. God knows it's not easy for you to relinquish your complete control to him, especially in Western religion, especially when you're living in a capitalist society, especially when you can go out and get a job that you're qualified for based upon your education, not based upon your spirituality. Y'all will catch that. God knows that it requires a sacrifice for you to relinquish complete control, but you've got to give it. He didn't say it was optional. He says, give me the sacrifice. Give me the sacrifice. I know it's a sacrifice, but doggone it, you can do it if you want my blessing. Here, here's what else he wants. So God, God, God really wants gratitude with sincere affection. God really wants you to offer him control over your life. Watch this. God wants inclusion in your everyday life. God wants inclusion in your everyday life. De Deuteronomy 6, 4, 6, 14 and 15 says this. You must not worship any of the gods of neighboring nations, for the Lord your God who lives among you is a jealous God. That's the part I want you all to focus on. He's jealous. He is a jealous God. He, his anger will flare up against you, and he will wipe you from the face of the earth. But let's just, we're not going to go all the way there. Focus on the most important fact here. That doesn't change anything. Our God is a jealous God. And, 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 and watch this. When we put stuff before him, those things we put before him become little gods, and God doesn't like it. God wants you to enjoy everything in life. He gave it to us. It's, it's, it's a gift from him. But when we put things before him, he doesn't like it. I, 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 know, I know that this is, this is uh, you know, Sunday and just a couple weeks away, uh, football season will start, and some of us get, like, super crunk for our team. I mean, when I say super crunk, I mean... Like, some of y'all already got your outfit laid out, your favorite jersey. You already done went and purchased your favorite beverage. You already got the chips on sale for game day. You are prepared for game day. You got your jersey laid out. Don't y'all touch my jersey. I don't want one wrinkle on it before game time. 
You're going to jinx me. Uh, don't you drink out of, I got a, a, a Yankees cup at the house, and I don't let people drink out of my Yankees cup. Yes, me and God are working on that. That Yankees cup has become my little God. I'm sorry, God, forgive me. You know we talk about this. And I don't like people drinking out my Yankees cup. I don't want all kind of lips on there. You might not be a fan. We in number one. All right, I digress. But we get all of these things set up. We got these little things, and, 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 then, and then, then finally game day comes, right? We didn't prepare weeks in advance for game day. Game day comes on. Whoa, let's go. First touchdown, your favorite team. Whoa, yeah, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see the way that, that boy got a bullet on him? Whoa, did you see that? Come on, boy. Do that thing. Play ball. Run that ball. We're shouting. We're going on and on. Touchdown. Whoa. Oh my goodness! Did you say that? Did you say? Oh my goodness! Oh my God! I told you, boy. That looked crazy. That looked crazy, right? <laughs> Truth of the matter is, that's what we do. That's what we do for our favorite teams. But come Sunday morning. That's a word, Pastor. That's good. Some of us don't even do that. And God is saying, on Sunday morning, you show up to my place of worship and you, but when the doggone favorite team of yours come on, you, ah, ah, touchdown. And God is saying, I'm a jealous God. Stop screaming for them. What about me? They ain't paid your bills this month. They haven't protected you this month. They ain't done nothing for you except for give you heartache. But I bless you. What about me? Those who ain't shouting, I must be talking to you. I won't judge you. God is a jealous God. Come on, worship team. I'm closing right here. God just wants your heart. That sports team has your heart. That jam of yours has your heart. Your favorite artist has your heart. Your TV show that you've intentionally DVR'd during this fast has your heart. God says, DVR me. DVR my word. Save my word. Let it be etched in your heart. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Oh, I feel like preaching. I don't have a hoop, though. God wants your heart, my brothers and sisters. He don't want to battle with these little gods. He wants it to be a one-on-one relationship with him. What does God really want? God wants relationship with you. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.